What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Crew Sports Pod. I'm Michael Keen, joined here by Vito Patel. This is episode 43. You can always check out our Twitter, at Crew Sports Pod. And we got the World Cup starting this Sunday, Vito. You couldn't tell over the past couple weeks. I'm pretty excited for it. Yes, sir. Uh, big, big event. Worldwide sports event. It's bigger than anything we've talked about. <laughs> yes, and we will get to that. We'll definitely be covering that. Like I said, I'm going to try to talk about it as much as I can get you to talk about it this episode. But before that, we'll start with our usual. We'll start with college football and NFL football. Uh, relatively quiet week last week. I mean, the top 10 pretty much took care of business. Like Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, USC, and Clemson all won pretty easily. TCU, LSU, and Bama were in a little bit closer games. And the only team in the top 10 last week to lose was Oregon went down to the rivals, Washington. Yeah, Mike Penix continues to be able to tear. And that Pac-12, I'd say, actually, it's pretty much up for grabs. USC uh, is the only team with one loss, but UCLA, Oregon, Washington, and Utah all have two losses only. They might all be uh, eliminated like usual. Pac-12 just kills each other every year. And this year, though, the Big 12, it looks like it could do the same if, if TCU doesn't hang on. Yeah, that's true. And... Notre Dame seems to have eliminated most of the ACC, beating both the teams that will play for the ACC championship, uh, North Carolina and Clemson. Yeah, so both of them need to win out, too, to have a chance. Absolutely. Uh, but speaking of Notre Dame, uh, great first half, Michael. Uh, our team continues to dominate in specialties. Another pump block, again, uh, leads the country with seven and has broken all kinds of pump blocking records. Uh, I don't know how they could do that. And crazy catch by Lindsay and Drew Pine had four pass touchdowns in the first half, but that second half was awful. It was not as good as the first half. Yes, definitely. I mean, we almost let Navy come all the way back and win. But I mean, at the end of the day, they still won. So I guess it's it could be worse. You know, we've we've seen worse this season. We have Marshall at Sanford for sure. Um, but second half, yeah, I think we had less than. 50 yards of offense. I think it was less than even 30. Oh, my Just God. An awful second half. Zero points. 19 unanswered by Navy in the second half. But a win is a win is a win. I mean, at this point, that's that's all you can ask for. And Notre Dame will be back at home next week for Senior Day against Boston College. That's always a good, good week, usually, for the Irish. Yes, sir. We want to send those seniors off with a win and usually do. Um, Elsewhere in college football, though, there's really not too many big games i think all the teams fighting for playoff contentions should really run the table uh i think the highest the highest ranked team that's got a challenge i'd say is usc they're taking on ucla so that should be a good game oh that's gonna be a great game yeah hopefully like and this is so weird for me to say but i hope usc wins so we could ruin their season you still really want to spoil their season. <laughs> we already spoiled Clemson's. Pretty much spoiled North Carolina's, but they didn't even know that. Um, so I just want to be the spoiler team. If we're not going to win it all, at least stop the others from winning it all. That is true. And I mean, we've been pretty good against uh, ranked teams. So, and on the road. And that one will be both. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. So let's go USC, beat UCLA, and then take on the Irish. I think that'll be a high-scoring game, though. So that means fun to watch. Yeah, that's true. Um, moving on to NFL. And the pick on last week, you won again. I was below 500 picking last week. You were 500, I think. So you're up 5-3 to three now with two ties. 
Wow, that's crazy. But you know what's still interesting is both of us are still doing worse percentage wise than last year. This year is just chaos. Absolute chaos. Yeah, I've I've struggled picking. No, exactly. This has been a tough year, but yeah, that was that was a weird week too, because I thought there's a lot of locks, but that was yeah, that was just nuts. And then both of our teams went down too and both gave up leads. And we both picked both of our teams. Yeah. That's <laughs> um yeah, I, Bears gave up a 14-point four-quarter lead. A 14-point uh, second-half lead. I don't think it's four-quarter. But the Bills gave up a 17-point second-half lead. Mm-hmm. You know, I correct me if I'm wrong. Because I think we're both a little too optimistic about our team. So let me know if I'm just being a little too optimistic here. I mean, we're 6-3 and three now. So we went from the one seed to we're the sixth seed now. And third in our division. But I don't mind the loss since the year, since before the season even started. Everyone's been basically handing Buffalo the Super Bowl for some reason. I mean, they've never proven that they can even get to it. I mean, yeah, we got a good team, but I think people can kind of like hop off the bandwagon a little. And now Buffalo can see that it is, even though everyone's been trying to just hand you the Super Bowl, it's not going to get handed to you. And so, like, hopefully now they start just grinding and knowing it's going to be tough and they got to work for it. I mean, I definitely think it builds adversity, but I'm not going to lie. Your guys' losses are not bad. Like, you guys should have beat the Dolphins and the Vikings and probably the Jets, too. Like, all those games were in your guys' hands. So, I don't know. Uh, like, your team still looks like the best team in the NFL, and, like, by far. I don't really see a team that's as close. So, uh, I don't think I'm going to hop off the bandwagon, but I definitely see what you're saying, though. At least, like, at least at two losses, being close, too, could really feel some fire. Yes, that's what I'm hoping for. And it's not so, it's not as worrisome because the the Vikings are arguably the second best team in the NFL, anyways, and you guys barely lost them and just really shot yourself in the foot. Definitely were the better team out there. Um, so yeah, these are good losses to have. Like if you guys got blown out, that I'd be a little worried. But you guys like you know made a couple of too many mistakes and lost. That's true. I think we get a lot of learning experience. I don't mind. The Bills being in a bunch of these close games, because like before we'd never been in close games, and whenever we were in them, we lose them. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. No, those two divisional losses to uh, the Dolphins and Jets probably hurt though. Yeah, it's gonna put us back in the standings for now. But we got we'll play them each again at home. So they both got to come to Buffalo before the year ends. So I and I don't think we're in a bad spot. Yeah, that's a good spot to be in. Uh, and I think, yeah, you guys are definitely the better team, best team in the division. Though that, that East division is really good. All four AFC East teams are in the playoffs right now. That's absolutely nuts. And yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Bears had to play both East divisions because all NFC East is in the playoffs. And Bears had to play both those divisions. Well, the I think Washington's, is Washington in the playoffs or half a game out? But like pr- pretty much both divisions oh, are yeah. like all in Washington's, playoffs. yeah, not in, yeah. But yeah, and so that's like part of the Bears' hard schedule, which is great for a team that's tanking. We want a hard schedule. We want to play good against these good teams. And we want to lose, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is exactly... Interesting perspective. <laughs> which is exactly what's happening. And Fields is... Breaking rushing records left and right, um, but it's good though because his passing efficiency is increased. He's not throwing bad passes either. He's just not throwing a lot, and that reason is why I'm still not completely sold on him. <laughs> I think he's better than what I. Well, I guess you expected him to make improvements throughout the year, so I think he's kind of doing that. But to me, he's not like this crazy like godsend yet. 
Yeah, he definitely has to show that he's a more prudent passer, but uh, he's looking a lot more comfortable in pocket and like he eludes sacks and he made a pretty co- good couple passes to like Cole Komet down the field this game. He's good. He's better than he's a better passer than he was at the beginning of the season. And oh my God, I didn't realize he's probably better than Lamar Jackson as a rudder. Like he's making the same plays as a rudder. I didn't realize he had that. Yeah, he's definitely a playmaker. Uh, that I mean, that's been pretty impressive. Not used to the Bears scoring 30 points on multiple weeks in a row. That's true. I think the Bears are also just getting better at using him. I mean, we have Montgomery and Herbert, which could be running back ones. In general. We have basically three running back ones. Well, Herbert got put on IR. We have two running back ones. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, let's move on to this week. I thought this week was kind of a tough week. And if I thought last week was easy and went below 500... Uh, I would not listen to my picks for this week. So starting off Thursday night, Tennessee at Green Bay. I got Tennessee. I'm just not sold on Green Bay. You got Green Bay. Yeah, I'm not sold on either of these teams. It's funny, you usually aren't sold on Tennessee, but you pick them. I know, but I think Green Bay is just good against the Cowboys. That's fair. They usually have the Cowboys number. I think Green Bay is a better team than their record shows. and uh, They got the momentum short week. I think they keep it going forward. Uh, Chicago, Atlanta. We both got Chicago. Cleveland at Buffalo. We both got Buffalo. So we're both going to our teams again. Yes, sir. Right off the bat. Yeah. Hopefully that means something this week. Philly at Indy. We both got Philly. I was impressed with Indy last week. Good win for uh, Jeff Saturday's first game coaching. Yeah. It was the Raiders, though. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, Jets at New England. We both got New England. Rams at Saints. I got the Rams. You got the Saints. I just think the Rams at some point need to win a game or two. I think so too, but they don't have Cooper Cup. That is true. And I don't really know if they have an offense without it. That is true, but Stafford should be back if that means anything. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't like either of these teams. I love both these teams going to season though. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, and Saints will play horrible one week and then just beat a top team the next week. So I, I have no idea. Yeah, they're anything, yeah. Uh, Detroit at the Giants. We both got the New York Giants. Carolina at Baltimore. We both got Baltimore. Washington at Houston. We both got Washington. Vegas at Denver. I got Vegas. I think some of the Rams, they just got to win at some point. They're too talented to not be winning. And you got the Denver Broncos. They are good. Too talented not to be winning. Come on, Russ. Like, I still believe in Russ. I don't know why. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I, I hopped off that bandwagon. I mean, they just don't score. Their defense is so good, though, but they just don't score. Their defense is insane. Uh, it's so sad, too, because their defense has been holding to teams, like so many teams under 20, which is so hard to do in the NFL. But they never scored 20. Yeah, I don't know. They lost their first game against the Raiders. I think they get revenge. Both these teams suck, though. A lot worse than expected. Expected. Yeah, too much talent in this game. For It's probably going to be low scoring. <laughs> yeah, it's too much offensive <laughs> talent. I know. Uh, Dallas at Minnesota. We or no? I got Dallas. You got Minnesota. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just mad at the Vikings, but I don't think they're a well, seven and one. I don't think eight and one. I think is no. That's yeah, crazy. I agree. I don't. I don't think they're as good as their record shows because Bears almost beat them. And <laughs> if I say anything, but I will say they find a way to win every week, and there's something has to be 
something has to be related to that. Plus, Vikings at home are a different animal than Vikings on the road. Yeah, they looked pretty decent on the road last <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Say. Actually, yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty good. Their only loss is on the road to Philly. Yeah, I guess that's a pretty good only loss. Um, keeping it going though, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. We both got Cincinnati. Kansas City at the Chargers. You got Kansas City. I got the Chargers. I said I thought this season series would be split. I know the Chargers have been dealing with a lot of injuries, but this is my upset of the week. I like it. I was a little, a little different. I mean, I like little. I wanted to pick the Chargers. Is essentially what I'm trying to say, but their injuries is what's like scaring me away. And I think Chiefs are getting better, and better every week. So I'm gonna go with Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, that's scary. I just think prime time Sunday night football and divisional game. I think it should be good. So and I don't know. I'm not yeah. as confident on the Chargers game. as I thought I would be at this point in the year. That's fair. That's all fair. Yeah. And rounding out the Monday night football game, we got San Francisco at Arizona. We both got San Francisco. I mean, they just they still winning. They still look pretty good. Good win against the Chargers last week. Yeah, 49ers are gonna be uh damn near probably the best team in NFC, but their record just doesn't show it yet. Cause my Bears beat them. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true uh, i think they're gonna keep getting better though but now let's move on to the locks of the week every week me and Vito have a hundred dollars to spend on bets as we choose uh last week didn't go too great for either of us i hit one bet out of four and you lost another hundred dollars so overall now yeah. i'm down 168 and you're down 358 so, Vito, what do you got this week for redemption? I guess I realized I've been taking too many easy bets. If that quote unquote, it's not easy because I'm making them, but like 50 50 bets. So, I gotta start <laughs> doing something crazier. So, I gotta start this FIFA season off right, this World Cup season off right with the USA showdown against Wales. Uh, and I'm gonna go USA money line for 25. I don't know enough about the game, but I gotta start thinking outside the box. And then I still believe I'm going to hit one NFL parlay. It hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's happened this season. But you got to believe that this one will hit. Uh, Panthers versus Ravens, Browns versus Bills, and Cardinals versus 49ers. Give me Ravens, Bills, and 49ers for 75 at the odd of minus 123. Let's go. You would think that would hit. I thought I had some good ones last week, too. I didn't hear anything. But I, I like that <laughs> one. That's a pretty good one. Uh, I hope it hits because that means Bills win. Um, for me, I also went with some soccer bets, some World Cup bets, and I parlayed them actually. So I got France beating Australia and the Netherlands beating Senegal in the first couple games of the World Cup. Uh, those together, plus 100 odds, I put 40 on it. And then I'm going Tennessee upsetting Green Bay. Plus 150 odds, I put 20 there. And then my last 40, trying again with an NFL parlay. I got Buffalo over Cleveland. I don't think we lose three games in a row, or I should say I hope we don't lose three games in a row. I think that would be a little too much adversity. And then Cincy over Pittsburgh. That's minus 116. And like I said, my last 40. I like those. 
Uh, I don't know much about uh, the first one, actually, and I was going to let you start to introduce introduce me more and prep me more for this uh, World Cup season. I, like most Americans, am a casual soccer fan. Uh know a couple of things. I know, I know Neymar, I know Messi, you know, I know those guys and, you know, Mbappe and, uh, and Ronaldo. Not like a PSG fan. Yeah, exactly. Just the big names, but... Why don't you break down the World Cup? All right. So I guess we'll go through the World Cup group by group and we can talk a little bit about them. Well, I think at least uh, what to watch, maybe some what or some closer matchups are going to be. Um, as you can tell, this is my favorite, favorite tournament, favorite competition. Um, I know a little bit about most of these teams. Some teams I don't know anything about. So I guess we'll start off with the basics. As you know, Vito, we got groups A through H. We got eight groups, four teams a group. So every team will play every other team in the group once. So every team's got three games. A win is three points. A tie is one point. If you lose, you don't get anything. Uh, and the top two teams from each group on points at the end of the three matches are the ones that move on. So you're going to have two teams move on per group. I'll tell you who I think is going to move on from each group. Um, but So let's just go group by group. We'll start with group A. Group A, you got the hosts, Qatar, you got Ecuador, you got Senegal and Netherlands. I think this group, I think there's two clear favorites. Netherlands, probably one of the more talented teams. Uh, I like a lot of their players. I mean, you got Van Dyke and, and DeLitt at the back. You got Nathan Aki and Dumfries. Solid defense. Frank De Young from Barca in midfield. Luke De Young, not as great. I don't think he's been as good in Memphis up front. And then I think there's they're the clear, pretty clear-cut number one. Number two, I think, is pretty clear Senegal. Uh, they're ranked 18th in FIFA's rankings. They won the African Cup of Nations, so best team in Africa. They're pretty solid. They got good defense. Their goalie and their defenders play in the Premier League for Chelsea. Um, attacking Sané, they select him to the squad. He's like by far their best player, um, but he's hurt. And I think he's going to miss just the first few games. So I think he, if they get out of the group, he should be back by then. Uh, and then you got Qatar and Ecuador. I don't really know too much about them. They're ranked 44th and 50th. Uh, I really don't think they compete with Senegal and Netherlands, who are pretty talented squads. So my prediction for Group A, I think, like I said, Senegal and Netherlands get out pretty easily. Um, group B, England, Iran. USA and Wales. A lot of people are saying this is their group of death. And I mean, I understand it. You got England's ranked fifth, USA 16, Wales 19, and Iran 20. So, oh my God, everyone's there. Yeah, pretty even group. Uh, I mean, in this group, England is probably the favorites. I mean, they definitely have the most talented squad. They're very deep, they're led by their strong attacking players. They got Kane up front, and they hitch up. A lot of options up front. Uh, they got good wing attacking wingbacks in Trent Alexander-Arnold and Kyle Walker. You got players all over the Premier League, all over the world. But they have lost their last six games heading into the World Cup. And defense is definitely their weakness. Their two center backs are not my favorite players. So I could see a potential upset by... Honestly, they could lose to any of these teams. Um, the U.S., they missed the last World Cup, but USA fans pretty excited for the future of the U.S. soccer. I mean, they have the youngest team heading to the World Cup, average age of under 25. Obviously, they're led by Christian Pulisic, 
and he's probably gonna have to carry since we got no experience. Um, I mean, Weston McKinney, he's playing in Europe. Polisich is obviously playing in Europe. Giovanni Renya and Tyler Adams are also good young players. Uh, so this team, they have a lot more players over playing in like Bundesliga, Premier League, across Europe, uh, and in Italy even. So experience is obviously their their biggest weakness. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, they could do anything, honestly. And then Wales is pretty talented as well. I mean, you got Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey, who are their top two guys. Uh, been there before, and they're both healthy heading into this tournament. And Bale usually plays pretty good when he's with the national team. And then Iran, I don't know too much about their players individually. I know they have Mehdi, he's a striker from Porto. And then they got the Iranian Messi, Sardar Azmoun. I don't know too much about them, but like as a team, Iran's pretty good. Like they're pretty solid teams. So my prediction for this group, I'm thinking, uh, I don't know, it's tough. I could honestly see anything, but I'll go with England and US making it out. Not very confidently though. Yeah, I mean, the, it seems like it's England, which is a. I mean, it is a favorite, but it's not even, it doesn't seem as crazy as some of the other groups I'm seeing based on just the rankings alone. Uh, but the other, the other three are like neck and neck. It could be anyone. Yeah, I I don't really like the FIFA rankings too much. I don't really think they really tell who's the best and stuff. Maybe kind of gives you an idea. Yeah, I guess it's so hard to yeah rank so many uh different pools of talent. Uh, and I mean, just like I've seen, uh, and I'm assuming it plays the same in uh, soccer too, but just like I've seen in college or NFL too, like, even if you have slightly better talent, like, it doesn't mean everyone's playing their best game, you know, every day. Yeah, also FIFA's ranking, it's not like people voting on them, it's like, if you win, I don't know, it's like math equation or whatever, but if you win, you'll get, like, points and you lose, oh, go down points. Oh, wow, so it's like a complex, like, algorithm based on, like, results. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I mean that group. That's the reason why everyone has it as their group of death because like all the teams are pretty solid and there's no clear favorite. I could see. I mean, I can even see England not even making out of the group. So literally anything could happen in that group. Uh, group C is Argentina and the rest. Uh, it's Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Argentina is one of the favorites heading into the whole thing. Uh. I mean, they got Messi. They got a very talented group. Messi's had some recent success with the national team, so they're doing good. So I definitely think they are the clear-cut favorite. I definitely think they make it out of the group. As for the other three, though, pretty much anything could happen with them. Mexico's ranked 13th, Poland 26th, and Saudi Arabia 51. But even though Saudi Arabia is ranked way lower, most of their players obviously play in their league. Uh, and so they put their league on hold early, and they've played six friendlies as a national team to get ready for this World Cup, which is a luxury most other most of these other national teams did not get. Their chemistry will be a lot better than most other teams, so that could be an advantage for them. And they, they played well throughout qualifiers. Good defense, but they had trouble scoring. Poland, on the other hand, is pretty much the opposite. They got Lewandowski, one of the best strikers in the world, and they averaged almost three goals a game through qualifiers. So good attacking, they don't have a great defense, even though their goalie is pretty solid. And then Mexico, uh, I think they always play above expectations in big tournaments. Some familiar faces like Chicharito won't be in the squad, but their goalie, Ochoa, somehow turns into like the best goalie you've ever seen every time he gets to play in a World Cup. 
and then he goes back to like club and he's like pretty mid <laughs> big time players do best in uh, big time situations i guess yeah uh, but they also they always somehow find a way to give whoever they're playing against problems so interesting uh so for that group i'm going argentina as clear cut number one and then i'm gonna go poland makes it out of the group as well with them um moving on to group d this one is pretty top heavy in my opinion you got france and denmark who i think are the two clear-cut favorites and then australia and tunisia france is the defending world champions they won the world cup in 2018 and would easily easily have the most talented squad in qatar if it wasn't for injuries you got both of their starting midfielders N'Golo Kante and Pogba are going to miss the tournament and Varane's also hurt. So even with those injuries, they're still one of the more quality sides. So many playmakers everywhere. As you know, one of your favorite players, Mbappe, leads the way. And alongside of him plays Ballon d'Or winner Karim Benzema. So loaded up front. Uh, They also got youngster Nkunku. Uh, Hopefully he gets to play. Uh, He's up and coming. Very fun to watch, but like... You got Griezmann, you got Benzema, you got Mbappe, you got so many players up front for France. So, despite these injuries, do you think they're still uh, one of the heavy favorites to win it, uh, to run it back? I guess if they had the thing is, it's both of their midfields. They have they play these two guys in, in central midfield. They're both out, and they're both big time players. So that that like hurts. With them in, uh, I I would be thinking france is running it back with them out i i think they become pretty susceptible in midfield. like they're solid defense solid attacking but like what connects the two you know what i mean yeah that's fair so i don't know i think they definitely make it out of this group but i i don't know if, if they can go the whole way without ever losing without controlling the midfield so i don't think they win it this year the other team that i think makes it out of this group is denmark it's a solid team. They have a good mix of experience and youth. Uh, throughout their 10 qualifying matches, they scored 30 goals, so three goals a game, and kept eight clean sheets. So pretty solid. And and I think France and Denmark have a lot more quality than Australia and Tunisia. I think this Australia team is a weaker Australian team compared to what we usually see. Uh, but they still create chances. Tunisia, on the other hand, I really don't know too much about. I mean, the FIFA rankings, they have them at 30 um they're in good form winning a lot of games recently but they've been playing like smaller african countries and at the african cup of nations they really didn't compete for it it was more like like senegal and egypt was kind of up there algeria is who senegal beat so tunisia really wasn't in it Uh, so my favorites france and denmark for sure group e i think is another top heavy group Oh, that looks like a really tough group at the top. I mean, I don't have much World Cup exposure, but I know Germany and Spain both won one recently. Yeah, Spain won 2010, Germany 2014, and then we had France won the last one. So Germany and Spain are powerhouses. You are correct there. Both of them (laughs) basically possessed the ball for like the whole time. Um, but Germany are better creating chances. Uh, Spain struggles to score. I don't really like their strikers. For a while, I was pretty much a Germany fan. They just had the most players that I liked. Their team is a little different than from the last few World Cups, but a very experienced team and my favorite to win this group. Spain, on the other hand, I don't like them as much. They got a couple Madrid players, and I think, I mean, they got a pretty good chance of making it out of the group, but Japan, FIFA ranked 24 team, I think is a dark horse. They have 
dominated the Asian qualifiers. Most goals, most chances created, and most clean sheets. They could potentially get second in this group and, and leave Spain to not make it out of the qualifiers. I wouldn't be too surprised. Uh, Costa Rica, though, I feel bad for them. They don't have the quality of these other teams. Uh, they kind of sit back, try to absorb all the pressure you throw at them, and then play on the counter. I think they're the weakest team in this group, unfortunately. I think they got a bad draw. Uh, so I don't think they make it out. So yeah, Germany definitely. I really like them. Let's go Spain. Let's go Japan. The dark horse upsetting and getting through. That's going to be my prediction. Okay. Wow. Wait, so, and you say Spain doesn't make it past. I'm going Germany and Japan. Wow. Dang. You heard it here first. That, that'll be a fun group to watch, Vito. Watching Spain-Germany play against each other, that'll be fun. Because they'll both be just battling for possession. Uh, Spain sometimes can get a little boring to watch because they just pass it around and it seems like they're not doing anything. They're passing it just to pass. Germany is more passing it a little forward and, and trying to create. Okay, different styles, yeah. Uh, group E should be fun. Uh, group F, though, personally, this is my group of death. This is what I think the group of death is. You got number two ranked Belgium, number 12 ranked Croatia, 22 Morocco, and 41 Canada. Now, I think 41 is a little mean. It's a little harsh on Canada. I think they're better than that. And 22 might even be a little low for Morocco. Uh, but Belgium. Belgium is always one of the most talented teams. Probably like a top three team in terms of talent in this World Cup. But they're always that good, and they often go below expectations. But I don't know. Maybe this is the year they put it together. Uh, I definitely think they get out of this group, though. Now, for second place, this gets a little crazy. Uh, Canada was probably the best team in the CONCACAF. So that's like North America. Uh, they were first in goals scored, and they gave up the least amount of goals. This is a fast team. I mean, Canada hasn't been to the World Cup in almost 40 years, maybe like 36 years, I think. Wow. <laughs> They're not normally pretty good, but they have some good young players. And that starts with Alfonso Davis, who plays for Bayern. Uh, but he's injured, which like, if he was fully healthy and ready to go, I think Canada makes a run in this group. But he's hurt. Uh, he's still on the team. So I, I don't know if he's supposed to play or not, really, because uh, he tore his hamstring like a month ago. So I don't know if he can come back that fast, but they, he's to the team. So I think maybe he's they hope he can play if they make it out of the group or something i'm not really sure but still a talented young team that is very fast oh my goodness they're they i don't know how they have all these fast players um morocco also has some quality they got guys playing for big teams across europe uh but they just got a new manager so things are a little shaky for that team right now but still quality team and they could be any of these other teams in this group. And then you got Croatia. Croatia has one of the better midfields in this whole tournament. And that experienced midfield is what led them to the World Cup final in 2018, where they lost to France. They got a good defense, but they lacking up front and attack. So they are going to need those midfielders to kind of even carry the attacking and, and score from midfield too. So this is a tough group to call. This is a tough group to call, but I'm going to... I'm going to lean with the favorites in Belgium and Croatia. I think just for experience sake, is that's like the only edge really. Because Canada and Morocco are talented. This is a fun group to watch, Vito. If you want to watch the group, group this depth, is what yeah. I recommend. A lot of quality players in this group. A lot of guys that play for big, big teams across Europe. I didn't even realize Belgium was that talented. but <laughs> Oh, Belgium is absolutely stacked. I mean, they got probably the best goalie, solid defense. 
some of the best midfielders and some of the best attackers. So I, mean, like, I don't know what more they want. And they got everything. Yeah, they got literally everything. Wow. So I mean, if that team can put it together and like play to their potential, so they put it together. I mean, they're getting out of this group easy. But this is a fun group. I would watch them. Uh, next, we got Group G. Anything can happen in this group. You have leading off the group. You got the number one ranked team in the world, Brazil. I think they were ranked number one last World Cup too, right? Or two World Cups ago? I could not tell you. I don't remember. But I mean, one of the most, or not one of the most, the most decorated national team in soccer. I mean, soccer is a religion there. Um, and so, as always, loaded team, absolutely loaded team. Might be my favorite team because they just got a lot of Madrid players. Um, and I think the only certainty of this group is that Brazil comes out first. After that, I have no idea what happens. You got Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Cameroon is who everyone's kind of overlooking and probably doesn't think has a chance in this group. But they finished third in AFCON. That's pretty solid. Like, Africa's got some good teams. And so they finished third. They got some They got some talent. But, I mean, they that's not a great draw for them. Uh, the other two teams, Serbia and Switzerland... Oh, these are both good sides. Switzerland, solid defense and a good goalie. I really like their goalie, Yannick Sommer. Serbia, though, undefeated through qualifying in a group that included Portugal. And they got two strikers that are both pretty solid and can score. And the thing about this group, too, Switzerland plays Serbia on the last match day. And I think that game is what decides who's going to leave the group. So I think Brazil first and the winner of that game second. Who wins that game? I have no idea. I really don't know. Uh, I'm going to go. What do you think? You tell me. Who who you like? Switzerland or Serbia? Your guess is as good as mine, honestly, Vito. I was going to say, oh, man. I'm going to go with, because this is a complete guess. I'm going to go with Serbia. All right, man. I'm with you. I think Brazil and Serbia get out of the group then. Uh, okay. That That's another good one to watch. I think just that game will be fun to watch. Um, this one sounds, uh, this one sounds like it's somewhat of a group of that, too. Actually, <laughs> There's so many d- tough groups. It seems like it seems like a, a lot of good brackets. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I think Brazil comes out first, and after that, like even if Cameroon ends up second, like I would be surprised. But like they're solid, like they score, they're not bad. So like anything could happen. Literally anything could happen in that group. Um, and that brings us to the final group, Group H. I think this one is really just a battle for first between Portugal and Uruguay. Very talented teams. And then South Korea got unlucky getting in with two really good teams. Or else maybe they got in a weaker group. They might have a chance a second. And then Ghana is the lowest ranked team in the tournament at 61. And they've just had troubles with scoring in general through qualifying. Uh, and then South Korea. I mean, they got Sun from Tottenham. He's amazing. I really like him. I really don't know about the rest of the team, though. They struggle to create chances, struggle to score. So Sun really have to carry them. And then as for the top, the battle for first, Portugal versus Uruguay. Portugal, quality side. A lot of good players, obviously led by Ronaldo. And then Uruguay, absolutely loaded up front with Suarez, Cavani, Valverde. Um, they struggled on defense, though. And unfortunately for them, their best defender, Ronald Arujo, is, I think, missing the tournament. Though, is South Korea good enough to bridge that gap, it seems like, in talent? Mm, I don't think so, because Uruguay is still a loaded team. Like, midfield forward, loaded. Okay. Uruguay is the smallest country to ever win a World Cup, and they have two World Cup wins, actually. Dang, they just find a way to win. 
That little country three million is a soccer powerhouse. <laughs> One every few kids is a beast. I mean, honestly. So that is my thoughts heading into this World Cup. Uh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. I really don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who my favorite is. I don't even know who I'm really rooting for yet. Oh, not the hometown, home country? All right, I mean, I would root for them, but I mean, who I think is going to win. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. By all counts, that's fair. I don't know. I might go I go Brazil. I just kind of go with who who has the most players I like. And for a long time, it was it was Germany. Uh, France has a lot of good players. I'm going to go. I'm going to pick my team from now is Brazil. Who do you want? Let's go. Actually, funny enough, I was uh as a casual, I did a casual bracket at my workplace and I pulled it up and I do have Brazil winning it all in this. Uh they're gonna place France in the final. Okay, that's pretty solid. That's pretty good. I knew I knew Neymar Mbappe. <laughs> <laughs> Neymar versus Mbappe for the final. Um Yes, sir. The other big storylines of this World Cup is it's it's going to be the last one for a lot of big name players. It'll be the last one for Messi. It'll be the last one for Ronaldo. It'll probably be the last one for Neymar, for Suarez. Uh, I'm leaving out a lot of players. But there's, there's a lot of storylines that will be attached to this. And if Argentina and Portugal both win their groups, uh, then the only time they'll ever meet is in the final. A Messi versus Ronaldo final? It might burn the world down. Would be absolutely world breaking. That would be insane. <laughs> I'm a Ronaldo fan, by the way, so I hope they would win. Absolutely. Or else I don't want to hear it from all these messy fans. Actually, again, since they were two of the other four players I know, uh, if you want to reveal, I actually have uh, each of them respectively making uh, the semifinals. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I have Argentina losing to Brazil, and unfortunately, Portugal and Ronaldo losing to France. But I mean, again, Mike's is a casual bracket, but that's so many crazy storylines. Wow. I mean, I honestly, I don't care who who does what. I'm just gonna watch it and and enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah, I'm excited too. The only thing is, for us, game start at 5 a.m. We're gonna have to start going to sleep early. I mean, it gets dark early, anyways. Yeah, now that we're in winter, but oh man, it's this Sunday. Oh, I just can't wait to start watching all of these. Yep, I'm going to start getting into it, too. I'm excited for it, too. Basically, for me, too, how I got into soccer and watched soccer regularly start off with the World Cup. So I think for people that want to get into soccer, this is a great way to start. You watch the World Cup. You learn about all the different players and stuff. And then you can go follow those players in at whatever club they're watch, they play for. And then that's kind of how you can get into soccer. That's how I got into it, at least. That's how I ended up being a Madrid fan. So, yeah, that's what I recommend. I think I'll make that transition. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. So, I'll, I'll help you. So, I'm uh, excited for this. Uh, definitely, we'll, I'll be talking about it for the next month. So, I have to carve out a segment for it next pod, next week. So So, with that, we will see you guys in the next one.